We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. The taste of victory, baby. Both our teams. Salute. Cheers. We're on the board. I can't remember that last time that happened. Yo, you know that the last time the Jets, Giants, and Yankees all won on the same day was 12 years ago? I wonder if they add the Bills in there. I wonder. People forget about the Bills, man. They're a New York team. You could actually make the argument that the Bills are more of a New York team than the two New York teams. Because Hmm. the New York teams play in New Jersey. Right. I'm being an asshole, yeah. but like I do feel like Buffalo doesn't get the respect it deserves at times when being discussed as a New York sports team. Well, you know who they're getting respect from is me. <laughs> Bill's three straight fucking covers. I got a nice parlay going heading into tonight. Okay. Uh, I had a soccer over Man City Liverpool. Love it. Three and a half. It was 0-0 in the 58th minute and okay. then fireworks ends 2-2. I took uh, Tottenham to win, and then I bet the Cowboys minus four and a half, Bills minus 17 and a half, which I don't really bet double-digit favorites ever, mm-hmm. and I parlayed all of those with Chargers tonight minus three, and I know you and I always go at it with the hedge, you fuck. This is a typical hedge bet. It's, this is this is you know when they wrote the book the, the when they wrote the sports betting book, 
you know, and there's the chapter on hedging, like what hedging is. This is the example that they put in the book. Low uh, wager, you know, the amount of money you put up in relation to the payout Mm -hmm. is so vastly different. So here's the thing. You're right and you're wrong. It all depends on how someone approaches sports betting, right? So I'm someone who, when it comes to futures, so I have a Rams ticket, right? And I have a Bills ticket to win the Super Bowl. In the event that one of those teams go to the Super Bowl, I'll hedge. Obviously, if it's against each other, I'm fucking hoping that the Rams win because it's a bigger payout, right? Mm-hmm. And also because they're my pick, I would look way cooler on social media. <laughs> However, if it's if it's Rams Patriots in the Super Bowl, I'm probably hedging there because I've also risked not twenty bucks on that. Exactly. Right? People watching, people lurking. We'll keep it between us. How much money I've risked on that? Now, in a parlay where I threw twenty five bucks in. To win eighteen hundred, I don't know if I want to hedge. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of people throw the Monday night game or the Sunday night game into their Sunday parlays. So you'll hear sometimes some buzzwords on on the radio or reading the internet, like, "Oh, a lot of parlay cards tied to Monday night because they're doing what I did. You bet four or five games, and you'll be like, "Ah, oh, you know what? Let me get another. Let me throw another game in that I could always hedge. Hedge yeah. opportunity." Give me two, three times X. I ruined my entire sheet. It's filled with beer, though. But salute. Cheers to hitting some bets yesterday. I hit a few yesterday myself. Yo, player prop king? What's yeah. up? I mean, shouts to the sports line. Prop stars, a couple different people that I'm, I've been tailing lately. Shout out um, to me, Revenge Game, Corey, Corey Davis. Davis. Um, yeah, I hit on a few. My favorite was Alan Lazard, over 29 receiving yards. <laughs> That's just such a what do you have like 35 33 <laughs> yeah you know it's bad when you go to like wide receiver threes and fours of a bets on yeah that was bad yeah that's why boss bosses we call it the uh the fozzy prop in the super bowl that the first time we did vm the first super bowl was broncos panthers and he went and put over under one and a half yards at like plus 120 fozzy whitaker a handoff or was it? <laughs> it was like total scrimmage yards and Jonathan, no, was it Jonathan Stewart? I think it might have been Jonathan Stewart got hurt. And then from there, he comes in. And, I, I, and it was like a 12-yard gain, and that's all he ended with. I remember the Brady rush. The Brady rush <laughs> over under one and a half. And we're watching it at the bar. And I was like, yo, bro, he's not going to pick up two QB sneaks. That's two yards right there. And then we were like, oh, my God. What if kneel? The, the kneel. And then he got like a nine-yard gain. And we're just bugging out at the bar just watching it. That's how you know it's bad, right? When you're betting on QBs over under one and a half rushing yards. Yo, yo imagine if you have a crazy, like, a 12-player prop parlay. And you need a quarterback to go over his rush total. And he does, right? But it's like 39 and a half, and he has 42. It's Mahomes, right? He has 42 yards. Hope he kneels once. And he kneels twice. And then it's 39. Oh. I mean, I'm sure they're taking those things into consideration. I'm sure, but I hit uh, Corey. What, what, da- what made you? What made you dive into player props? I just I love the value that you can get, hmm. you know. And I, you know, I think player props are fun in general, but also like I mentioned this before we started recording. There's a lot of correlation between the props themselves and even the game script and the over unders. And so, you know, if you're high on a player. You know, if, or maybe you think a team is gonna, you know, perform better than the line dictates, and you think a team is gonna cover by a lot, or whatever the case is. Like, 
you know, maybe think about throwing a player prop in there that will kind of correlate to, to what you think is going to happen. And, you know, pretty much chances are it's going to happen. Like, for example, yesterday, I took Corey Davis. I parlayed over 50-something receiving yards. And I also parlayed it with anytime touchdown score. He actually scored on like a 50-yard touchdown bomb. I would have kind of hit the bet in one play, mm. right? But... You know, it, it's just, you know, it kind of gives you gives you a couple of different options, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And again, those things are correlating with each other. So, you know, if Corey Davis has over 50-something receiving yards, you would imagine he's probably putting one in the end zone. And, you know, chances are the Jets are playing from behind. Revenge game, we've discussed. Yeah. You know, they didn't even make him an offer in free agency, he said. Like, not even a qualify, nothing. So, you know, there, I'm sure there's a um, chip on his shoulder, all that. So I really enjoyed uh, some of these player props. And then I hit... And then I hit a fun one. I hit Jacoby Myers over 50 receiving yards, Antonio Brown over 50 receiving yards. I took those together. I figured that's awesome because I think they were the only two that were making plays yesterday yeah. too. Godwin had a few catches though, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, AB I mean, had that one big catch that got called back, but I felt good about AB. I was a little worried about Myers. He he did some damage towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets all he gets a lot of targets on that team. Oh yeah, even back last year, last with year. Cam, yeah, yeah. So and then I, but here's the thing, <laughs> I parlayed those two with the under in the first quarter or first half, and the reason I did that was because my thought process was Brady, you know, video montage before the game. Maybe he breaks, he broke the record early in the game. There's a lot of emotions, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's not like you know completely engaged in the game. It's Brady, he really is. But you know, this idea that he's emotional early on. Right, and then obviously the weather didn't help, so I took <laughs> those things didn't really correlate. I took the under <laughs> early, and then the, the over yeah. over for the receiving yards, and I hit that too. So good day yesterday. Not bad. Good day yesterday. Not bad. What did you think of week four? Uh, there's some good. There's some bad. Um, I want to just ask you, like we have a we have a fun little segment. It's sort of like a quarterly recap, even though it's not really because of the additional game, but for the most part. Just break it down into in, into quarters. In the sales world, these are called quarterly business reviews, hmm. QBRs. QBRs. When, when you when you have a client, and you do you know exactly what it said. It's a quarterly business review. Every three months, you meet with the client and you discuss what took place over the last quarter. What was the good? What was the bad? Where can we improve? You know, where did we miss the mark? You know, what did we do great? So this is interesting how it's relating to the world of like sales or. Man, I love it. Something like that. I love it. Yeah. I like the breakdown. Seems like you might be in some of those meetings, right? Yeah. Well, I hire the people that are in those meetings. <laughs> oh, okay, that, hey. job, my bad. Damn. But this sounds like that's what exactly that is. Yeah. Dude, what do you think of... Uh... So, I want to ask you one thing. Because uh, I, I do want to... I want to. Every time we've been coming on, I've been trolling you about Zach Wilson. But what do you think of that 1 o'clock window... From 1 to 2.30 and then 2.30 to 4, the life of a Jeff fan had to be crazy because you're watching Sam Darnold ball out against the Cowboys and then Zach Wilson is struggling and then come second half. That's the best half that he's played. I loved the matchup. I was all over the Jets. Gave it on Patreon. Great pick. No one had the balls to do that. Dude, reverse line movement. We talked about that in the past. All the bets were coming in on the Titans and the line was moving away from them. So what that means is the line opened up at seven and a half for the Titans. They rule out AB. They rule out Julio. 
the entire season, off season, coming into this season, I kept saying with Alan, with you, when we would talk anything about the Titans is, yo, their big three, put it up against anybody. A.J. Brown, Julio, and Derrick Henry. I don't know who's behind them. I was mentioning Khalif Raymond. He's not even on the team. <laughs> He's I was like, the Lions. Yeah, I was like, I don't know who the other receivers are. So I'm thinking about that. And I'm saying to myself, all right, Zach Wilson, this is the best matchup that he's had in the pros. Defensively, they're trash, the Titans. Yeah. They're going to be at home. Everybody is completely off the Jets. Teams that get shut out the week before coming home, 68% cover rate. Nice. Take that for data, right? Fizdale. And they're coming in without their two best receivers. Everybody was hammering Derrick Henry props. Yo, his run his run line was like 118 and a half yards. That's crazy. Shattered it. Yeah. And I just kept thinking the line was moving away from it. You had all the tickets coming in on the Titans, yet the line closed at Jets plus five and a half. Now, it wasn't it was a ballsy call to take the Jets to win outright. I would have played dog or pass. I would not have bet the Jet, uh, the Titans. No way. Yeah. I was telling, shout out to my guy Sam, who I play football with. He's been on the on the pod. He said, I got the Titans on my eliminator pool pick. I was like, be Tough. careful, man. Get rid of it. And then yeah. he DM'd me, and he was like, yo, I switched it thanks to you. And then I immediately sent them a Patreon link. I'm like, yo, bro, that's at least a dollar. So this is what on, I'm doing right? right here. This is what we're doing. A lot of te- a lot of people had Titans in teases as well. Oh, I got crushed. Uh, 12% of my eliminator pool pick out. Yep. Another 6% with the Giants. Oh, well, the, the Saints out. Yeah. We hadn't had a huge underdog win outright yet. And some of the hot picks were Bucks. I didn't see that happening, even though it was a close game. Bucks losing. Titans losing, I was on. And then the, the Giants beating the Saints. Yeah. Uh, the Eliminator pool, a lot of people have different strategies. But I feel like the one theme where I disagree with is... You have to get creative early on because there's a lot of teams. You have to, you know, survive. You have to, like, make it to the end, and, and you need good teams at the end. Nah, bro. For me, no way am I losing in week four. I'm going to be – I'm going to go very, very safe early on, and I'd rather use my IQ down the line when teams are actually figuring out who they're who they are rather than, like – Okay, I understand someone takes the Bengals this week, week Thursday night. That's what I did. I had the Bengals. I like. I, I understand the I pick. I was sweating it come fourth quarter. I like the pick and I like the Bengals, but that's a little too risky for me. You know what I mean? Short week, like, granted, I'm going to hype up the Bengals a little, in a little bit. Right, right. But I just feel like go as safe as possible. For me, Bills was the no-brainer this week. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, if you didn't have the, use the Bills already. I'm just like, let me be more conservative early on mm. and get through then try to get too cute and, and, and too, you know, frisky. So the only pushback, because a lot of people feel that way, the only pushback is come week 10, 11, you're stuck playing with teams like the Titans and the Giants. And and my argument is this. At that point, You know more about of, the teams? I, that and also a quarter of these teams aren't going to be playing for shit anymore. Hey, it's fair. You know what I mean? It's it's totally fair. I like anytime I do an eliminator pool pick, and I understand people's money is different and don't go into someone's pockets. I always get two boxes. I get two entries. Any if you hit me up, you're like, yo, people at my job, we're doing an eliminator pool pick. You want in? I'm getting two. One of them, triple condom sex. I'm going safe. Bills. I'm going 
uh, Rams at home against the Bears. Like, I'm going very safe. I'm taking the highest favorite. I'm going safe. The other one, I get wild. Got it. Ironically enough, the one that I've gotten wild in is the one that I'm alive in. Yeah. That's... There you go. So, and, and the teams I've wasted, Denver, I've wasted the Packers because their schedule is interesting. Green Bay's schedule gets a little more difficult. Their easy games are on the road. And one of my rules in Eliminator Pool Picks, I don't take to- uh, road teams. I like it. I don't. I'll, I like I'll take it. you at home. So I've gone away with Bengals, Denver, Packers. And week one, I took the Rams. Just because week one is week one is very tricky because we're basing everything off nine months ago. So I kind of, week one, I go a little safe. So in both of my pools, I had taken the Rams. Right. So... Zach Wilson, though. Looks good. He got my rookie of the year right now. First quarter, Zach Wilson, because he hit me with plus 260 money line. <laughs> Yo, I mean, say what you want, man. But th- just quickly going back to the point you made, it's f- so funny that you said that because Darnold throws the crazy pick. Just the, the, Darnold, every once in a while when he was on the Jets, again, he, may, he would make some wow plays. And then he'll make some just like scratching your head. What are you doing, plays? And 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 he made he threw one of those interceptions uh, against Dallas this weekend. And so it's funny that you say that. I mean, you know me. I'm blindly, you know, unfortunately blindly faithful in Zach Wilson. But um, in terms of not many people having stock after the first couple of weeks, it feel re- I felt really good. Mm. You know, just like you know, w- 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 with how confident I am. So. Um, Look, but what happened? About- but what happened? They stopped throwing the ball in shotgun on first down every drive, and it's a lot of play action. Look, even if the run is not effective, you're still kind of coming out in a heavy set. You're still at least kind of keeping them off balance a bit. That's just like, and they're rolling him out more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things of that nature. He, he made a lot of like wild plays <laughs> yesterday too. That's what he's all about. Yeah. Like, and you know, it's funny because I will, I will talk about the Patriots eventually, but like. There's other there's other teams out there where it's like you know it's tough they don't have splash play guys they don't they can't make splash big plays and that's kind of exactly what Zach Wilson's mo is he can get you 50 yards in a play so you take some of the bad with the good um, and so yeah very very exciting and 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 I'm glad that stock is up today for sure ah yes NFL football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find NFL tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best price on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. I cannot wait to use TickPick to go to a game this year. And in particular, not a Giants game because I'm done with them until proven otherwise. I'm not going to waste my money to just go be miserable for three and a half hours and then sit in traffic in the Lincoln Tunnel on the way back. Thanks a lot, Dave Gettleman. But I plan on going to Vegas a couple times this football season. And I'm looking forward to going to that new Raiders stadium. Go to a game out in Vegas, see what that vibe is like. First season with fans for the Raiders Stadium. So that's probably where I'll be using my tick pick services, and I'm sure they'll have me covered. So if you want to go to a game this year, visit tickpick.com slash VM today and use the promo code VM to save $10 on your first order of NFL tickets. 
That is VM as the promo code to get $10 off your first order of NFL tickets. Dude, I don't think we should delay it anymore because I'm, I'm really excited for this segment, this quarterly recap. So, MP and I, we put a list together of three good, three bad. Three good reviews, five-star Frog Splash reviews, and then three bad reviews. Now, we broke it down into teams, player. I have one that's, you know, a group. Start us off, man. Do you want to go bad or good first? I want to go good. Good? All right. Let, give, give me a good one. The Bengals. Mm. The first place. Three and one Cincinnati Bengals. First place Bengals. Yeah. Fire. Um, defense, though. I mean, look, I, I, I would say I'm becoming a Joe Burrow fan, without a doubt. I love the way he plays. There's something about him in terms of his leadership, right? Like, did we? Were, was it you and I that talked about? It? Like, he's kind of cocky, but in a very in, in a humble way. Like, he seems to just really rally the troops. Guys are gravitate towards him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, he just kind of has that it factor as a quarterback, which you can't teach. Um, so I love all of that, right? Yeah. And you, you you talked about you know week one they put the ball in his hands. He even said it again on Thursday night. Put the ball in my hands. Yeah, you can't it's over. zero. Yeah, you can't yeah. zero blitz me. I'll, I'll make it happen. So just. Love what I'm seeing on that side of the ball, obviously, but give some love to the defense. Cincinnati's defense has held opponents' running backs, right? Ready for this? Dalvin Cook, 61 yards. Montgomery, 60 yards. Najee Harris, 40 yards. Granted, the Steelers can't really block that well. And then James Robinson, 78 yards. Three stud linebackers, you know, Wilson, Pratt, Gaither. I I really love what they're doing. The linebacking room last year was 29th. This year, according to Pro Football Fuckers, it's third. I just, I, I just really like what they're doing, and I think a lot of it has to do with some of the defense. Big plays, tied for third in the NFL with three pass plays of over 40-plus. Tied for sixth in the NFL with 12 pass plays of over 20 yards. Burrow's completing 75% of his passes. Like, 114 passer rating, third in the NFL. He's playing very well. They're putting a lot on his plate. He's delivering. And the defense is, like, dramatically improved. So, I don't know how you can't give credit to the Bengals at this point. It's very difficult. The first place in a very tough division, Cincinnati Bengals. I love it. I love everything that you said. I was high on the Bengals offensively. You were the weapons. Yeah, because you know one of the one of the long shot bets that I made is Joe Burrow to lead the league in passing, and it's not looking as promising as I thought it was because they're three and one, not one and three, which is what you know yes. win loss yes. win loss. Yes. So you just look. He hasn't had T Higgins last couple of weeks. Great chemistry with him. Uh, Jamar Chase, like, dude, so much for him not being able to see the football, right? Because <laughs> that was tried. overblown. Fucking dorks yeah. <laughs> telling you about that. Uh, Tyler Boyd, you need you need a guy like that. Just He's such a security blanket, right? So reliable. Safety blanket. Yeah. Third and eights goes to him. Joe Mixon, very polarizing fantasy running back, but gets the job done for them. And, yo, Zach Taylor has not been an issue for them calling plays, right? He was a... a off the McVay tree, McVay right? He's a McVay guy. And I thought he could have been a candidate for like a first coach high, uh, first coach fired. Now he's a coach of the year. P- potentially, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in that. So I, I like that call on the on, on the Bengals. I'm going to go with another another team. Uh, Arizona, man. So I have them too, but we probably have them for different reasons. So I'll follow up after you. So I'm going, I'm going good with Arizona. And here's why. Because... Kyler Murray, 
is playing at a really high level. And DeAndre Hopkins, three straight games of five or less catches. That hasn't happened to him since 2013-2014. A.J. Green all of a sudden is back on the Bengals. He looks good. He looks very good. Rondell Moore, Kirk, Max Williams got involved also. So he's spreading the ball around. Their defense, they have guys at every level that can make plays. Buda yeah. Baker, Isaiah Simmons is much improved from last year. Chandler Jones also. J.J. Watt. Byron Murphy's a Byron star. Byron Murphy bro. at corner also. And, yo, Kingsbury hasn't really killed them yet. Kingsbury yeah. was another guy who... I liked everything about Arizona except for the head coach. But it's hard not to, man. They're 4-0. They're the only undefeated team in, in the NFC. We're waiting to see what happens tonight with the Raiders and, and Monday Night Football. But they just absolutely dominated the Rams yesterday on the road in a big spot, and they put themselves on the map. They've scored 38 points, 34 points, 31 points, and 37 points in their first four games. And they've allowed... 20 or more only once. They're taking the ball away and they're protecting the ball. It's like, what can you? What else can you ask for in a way? And yesterday, that score seemed a lot closer than it actually was because the Rams scored with a minute 11 left to Robert Woods. The, the garbage to, time. To put that game over, which I was on the over, 54 and a half. So we love that. They scored. The Rams, they had a 10-7 lead, if I'm not mistaken, after the first quarter. And then the, score, the Cardinals outscored them 30-10 to 10 the rest of the way. Yeah. Look, you limit. They limited. They limited Cooper Cup. You know, like he, you know, like four or five catches or something like that. But they really kind of limited him on third down, and, and they did their thing. I need to give credit to their defense and their offensive line. Well, you know, one thing that was really noticeable was Hudson coming over yes, from the Raiders, night and day. Yeah, man. Yo, for a young quarterback, it's one of the reasons why I was so high on the Chargers coming into this year because they brought in Lindsley from the Packers, All Pro. Same thing, man. If you're a young quarterback, you saw. I know he wasn't a young quarterback, but Matt Ryan, the year he won MVP, they got Alex Mackin from Cleveland, and like that's just yeah. solid. A guy that can make the calls for you at the line. You want to be. You never want to be pressured as a quarterback up the middle because down the sides you can always step up in the pocket if needed. You're right. But I like I like the center man. But you're right on the offensive line. And I just you know there's just a lot of data data here. He said take that for data. I have some data. Um, in the last 60 years, just one other 4-0 team you know, has won three of their first four on the road, by the way, mm -hmm. in a margin of 12 or more. Also, this is the fifth team to ever post more than 30 points and 400 yards on offense in each of its first four games. Just think about these teams who they're in company with. 2013 Broncos. 07 Pats? 2011 Pats. <sighs> Oh, seven pass. Okay. And 2002 then, uh, Raiders. Oh, okay. Rich Gannon yeah, just slinging yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're in elite company right now, and the only question mark, and it's not really a question mark, more so things to think about, is like the run game. Can they consistently, you know, gash you for four or five yards? Like to me, as the season gets, you know, as you get late in the season, some things become a little bit more difficult to do. People figure you out. I believe running the ball is very important. Will they be able to do it successfully down the line? They've been doing it well now. Can they continue to run the ball? That's just my only thing. Because, the, you know, obviously stopping them on third down is so hard because you have all of these weapons and then you, have to, you need to spy Kyler or mm -hmm, you need mm -hmm. something there to kind of keep your eye on him. The third and 16 first down, I don't know if you saw it. Yeah. It's like it seemed as if 
everyone was, you know, covered down the field. And they kind of, like, you know, contained him fairly well as well. And he still kind of, you know, rushed for, like, 17 yards. He needed 16. It's like, it's just a running game. Right now. Ready for a hot take? Yeah. I'm going to clip this. Where we at? (laughs) All right. At this very moment, I think he's the hardest quarterback to prepare for that I've ever seen. That's I've been fair. watching I've been watching football and able to like comprehend it since the Giants got Eli 24 uh, 2004. Yeah. I've never seen a quarterback like this. I think it's impossible to to prepare for him. Think about it. He's sensational on the ground and he could sling. Yeah. So like what are we doing? And now Bro, D Hop hasn't even had that. Yeah, eleven for one fifty. The one game. week one, he had two touchdowns, I think. Right, right. That's it. Right, but it's not a. He's not putting up like Mike Williams, Cooper Cup production. Right. He's always he's always the guy. He's but, always the guy you got to pay attention to. Right. And Jalen Ramsey did his thing on him yesterday, and that didn't even matter. They put up a thirty spot. Yeah, I'm sure he's thrilled considering the career that he had. Who was who the who was he had throwing to him his yeah, entire career? Yeah, until he got Watson and now Murray. It's like. He went from never having a quarterback to going from Watson to Murray. To Murray like yeah. two potential MVP caliber guys. Last thing real quick for me at least. Arizona ranks first in points, second in yards, fourth in passing, sixth in rushing, fourth in points per drive, which is a stat that I'd love. Third in takeaways, ninth in points allowed, and sixth in third down defense. By every measure, they're top ten in, on both sides of the ball. That's lit. You know what I mean? It's like you it's really not can't just actually. Tyler in the offense. Exactly, and you just you know Vance Joseph. You know me. I love coaches. I love coordinators. Vance Joseph is doing a great job on the de- defensive side of the ball. Yo, Segway boys, can I give you another one? Even though I said the Cardinals, there's a fly in here. Have you noticed it? It's laying <laughs> on my head like it's three a times. Nat. Yo, uh, Trayvon Diggs. That's one of my good. Yeah, I have I have a lot on Dallas. Shout out! Are they one of your goods? Yes. Take us away. I wanted to start the segment by with I wanted to start it with Dak, like Dak was the good. But then the problem is, there's so much more to this than just Dak. I mean, Dak is killing it, but the offensive line, the running game, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, will be a head coach next year. Like, there's just too many good things to kind of pick out. And then you have the defense, Dan Quinn. You gave me some love on Twitter, and I appreciate it. Yo, you did. You were on that, and yo. It was weird because I always like to say some guys are better off as coordinators than head coaches, Robbins to Batman. But then I feel bad because he went to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Right? But I do think like this dude was with the Legion of Boom. Yeah. That everyone Legion of Boom gets to a Super Bowl and then kind of fizzles out in a way. Right. Right. Look, Micah Parsons, I love playing for Dan Quinn. He's not scared to go to something else if one thing's not working. Real players, coach, treat you like a player and a son. Great dude. Spent six draft picks on, on defense. defense. Yeah. First six, I believe, or, or five out of six. Something like that was yeah. all defensive. Forced 10 turnovers, turnovers already this season. I mean, Diggs has, what, four? Five. So, so Diggs has half of their turnovers by himself, which is super impressive. Um, but it's tough. I want to give so much credit to the defense and Dak, but I really just I want to show love to Kellen Moore mm-hmm. because if you watch the Cowboys and I've watched them a lot, he can really just he knows how to call plays. Mm-hmm. He's very good at game script. He's very good at setting his guys up for success. Uh, Two headed beasts in the backfield. 
You got Schultz balling out with four touchdowns this season already. Um, you know what I like about how he calls plays? He he goes away from the defensive strength. Yeah. So Tampa Zeke. <laughs> yeah. We're not gonna you're you're gonna do dick today, and you're gonna get shredded on Twitter. But Dak's going to throw for 300 and multiple touchdowns because we can attack him through the air. Yeah. What happens against the Chargers? Yo, we can run on the Chargers. So, Zeke, Pollard, buckle up. And then Amari and, and Lamb are, like, relatively quiet, quiet, right? Especially when you look at what they did week one. And then week three against the Eagles, it's, all right, yo, we're going to air it downfield. Eagles had all these stats that they were the best defense in 20-yard plays and whatnot. It's like, yeah, you played Matt Ryan and Jimmy G. Guys that don't have the balls or – their offense don't ask for them to air it out downfield. Yeah. And then what happens? Dak throws for multiple touchdowns. CD Lamb, like on the first drive. So you're right. The way he game scripts and it's, also just attacks what the defense does bad, which is what you should be doing, is, is amazing. And I want to say one thing. Say what you want about Michael Gallup, but he hasn't been there in three weeks. CD Lamb has had four catches and 80 yards in the last two games. The offense is still moving despite some of those guys not really doing much. You know, it's like, it's just another kind of, uh, they're breaking records. For the first time in NFL history, I think it was last week, they had 13 first quarter first downs. They did it again this week. It's like, not only can they kill you with the big play, they can nickel and dime you down the field as well. To your point, Mm. they're going to attack the weak point of the defense. And the reason that, like, I'm so high on Dallas is because they can really, to your point, like, dictate what's going on like if they want to run the ball they can run the ball if they need to air it out 40 50 times they can do that too they're very balanced where again going back to the cardinals that's the only thing i'm, I'm worried about if everyone is going to make you know if they're like, okay okay arizona run the ball can they do that you know effectively for the whole season and potentially in the playoffs where dallas I'm not, I have no questions. If they're going to stack the box i know dak will kill you with his arm mm. if they're going to let you run the ball i know for a fact that offensive line will, you know, at the point of attack, really do some damage, and you'll see they'll do some things that they did yesterday. So, um, Cowboys, 33 points per game their last 10 games with Dak. 30-plus the last 10 games. It's just like, you know, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm very high on Kellen Moore. And personally, last thing, I, I kind of think, I kind of see him as the heir apparent head coach. I, I really feel like it was almost a setup in a way where it's like, Mike McC- like you have a great defensive coordinator, you have a great offensive coordinator. Mike McCarthy's kind of just like the CEO overseeing everything, right? I really think it's going to be Kellen Moore. He's going to get the keys to the keys hmm. to the franchise eventually because this is something that I didn't know. He broke his leg playing for the Cowboys. Yeah, he was a backup, and they kept him. Yeah, yeah. they probably knew he was going to be a great coach. Yeah, so yeah, it could be. There's just a lot of positives going well, on. I think the one thing that really makes Dallas a serious contender for me is Trayvon Diggs because the 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 issue with them the last couple of years has been defensive, and they just haven't had a guy that can completely shut down a wide receiver. And one thing I was talking with uh, Will Blackman on the pod, and even prior, we were texting, and he said how, yo, it's mad hard to get interceptions in man coverage. And it makes sense if you think about it, because a lot of times you're keying on the receiver, you're following him, whatever it might be. Where his zone, it's like, all right, man, I got a guy over the top. I can maybe look at the quarterback, read his eyes. Right, so it kind of makes sense from there. It really blew my mind when he said that. And Trayvon Diggs has all his interceptions in man coverage. And also, the other thing is, there's always a corner that comes out of nowhere. Yeah, that automatically is, yo, he's locked down. Right, 
it was Jalen Ramsey in 2017, Xavier Howard yeah. last year, right? We know about Revis, that's consistent. Then it was like Richard Sherman, you know, Pierre Desir on the Colts one time, like shut down D Hop. And in the two games that the Colts and, and Texans played, D Hop had like nine catches combined. Yeah. So I don't, there's always a, a, a guy who we had Patrick Peterson, also. Jair Alexander, comes yeah, sort there's, of, yeah. There's guys who have that breakthrough. And then from there, it's like, all right, they're a premier corner. And I think that's what it is with Trayvon Diggs. So we both gave two Cowboys. Yeah. Right? What's your last good? I mean, I had the Cardinals. You want to kind of breeze over that one since I just, since I mean, I Cardinals? just, yeah, we both. Because I, I have time. one more that's not something we touched on. Go ahead. Cooper Cup. Yeah. I'm not going to trip over, you know, finally didn't score a touchdown yesterday. And it's like, I'm not going to lose my mind over that. Because dude is just, he's a beast. Yeah. Absolute beast. And he's always been solid, but I think now he's getting the national exposure. And maybe because it's the Rams are a serious contender. Matthew Stafford, they're in L.A. They've had some primetime games. They played the Bucks, America's Game of the Week. But I think Cooper Cup, man, is just so solid, consistent. Last year, the knock on him was like he scored only three touchdowns. So you knew that he's already surpassed that. And he's the be-all, end-all for that offense. And he's very important. I still think that he's the most important non-offensive player, uh, non-quarterback in the league on offense. I think Cooper Cup has had a monster season where now it's going to seem uncomfortable, but when you're talking about the top receivers in the game, it's Devontae Adams, D-Hop, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs. It's like Cooper Cup is in that mix now. Yeah. He's He's moved like two tiers up. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree And the reason more. why I say it's uncomfortable is because all those other guys are ex-wide receivers. They're outside wide receivers where he does all his damage out the slot. But he's also their best wide receiver, too. Put him anywhere. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a great a, a, a great selection. And I don't know. I mean, I know we're going to cover some of the games, but it was a tough spot for the Rams yesterday. Very tough. You have you had a big game against the Bucks. Yep. Yeah, yes. 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 Big game against the Bucks. Division opponent in, in the Cardinals. And then you have to play the the Seahawks, I think, on a short week. Yeah, they're playing Thursday. It's like, you know, cut them some slack if, you know, they don't. I, I, I hate the overreaction, you know. Like, everyone was blowing the Rams last week. And then, like, oh, you know, they didn't look the greatest against a very good Cardinals team. Oh, by the way, they have a great opponent coming up next week on a short week. Like, yeah. It would have been I, I totally agree with you and I hate that shit. That shit gets me so so upset because if they were playing the Why can't I think of a team right now? Like if they were playing the Falcons in LA and they lost to the Falcons, I'd be like, Well, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like they lost to a team that's legit. Yeah. If they lost to an Atlanta where they're one in three and you lose to them at home as a favorite, I'm like, damn, son, that's Maybe I'll be a little hesitant and more skeptical. But when you lose to the Cardinals. Division opponent as well. You know they also beat them eight straight times. Yeah. Kind of do. It's like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But they also did get dominated. So there is that too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the bad. We gave you some good. Let's talk about the bad. You want to lead us off with one? Big Ben. Yo, me too. <laughs> Steelers. More Big Ben. But Steelers also. Yeah, like, if I had to slice it, it's probably like 80% Ben, 20% Steelers. 
I'm more like 70, 30? 60, 40. Was it just all offensive line? Yeah, bro. It's yeah. rough, man. Yo, Najee Harris, by statistic, is getting hit behind the line of scrimmage like more than he's not. Yeah, it's it's close to 70% of the time he's getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. It's terrible. Talk to me about Ben. Uh, They have a minus 26-point differential through the first four games. That's the worst since 2013. Um, the Steelers are one in three. Hold on, worse for them? Since 2013. Oh, wow. Which, I mean, you know, they're a good franchise. So. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, they've, you know, they've never been under 500 with Mike Tomlin. That's been the thing that everyone's been catering to. Yeah. Uh, I have an interesting number, a stat of the day. It aligns with this take. One is the stat of the day. One is the number. It's the number of times the Steelers have gone over 100 yards rushing in their last 16 games, playoffs included. They're eight and eight in those games. You can't run the ball. Ben can't throw the ball down the field at all. Everything is like less than ten yards. I mean, he threw the one pass to Deontay Johnson, which was like the only big play that they had last week or yesterday, last night, yeah. rather. And that was that was to start the game too. It's like, yo, Deontay. I played Deontay in afternoon only on DraftKings. I'm like, yo, let's go. Ben is back. Quiet. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. He th- that touchdown, forty-five yard touchdown pass, right? They, you know, they. That's the first time that they scored on an opening drive in 13 weeks. I mean, it's a very like, un Pittsburgh like. I mean, the rushing yards is like, yeah. you know, th- that's very telling. But then it's like you're not scoring on opening drives. That's tough. Average completion is 9.5 yards. It's the same as last year. I just, it's, I'm not excited at all. But just the last thing that I'll say before you take over is. The next four out of their next five games are at Heinz Field. They have to go at least three and two or else the season's over. So they're one and three right now. And their next four of their next five are home games. Mm-hmm. Three of them are against teams that didn't make the playoffs last year. Anything less than three and two? Your season's done. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's weird, man, because I was talking about this with Allen on the last show. And it's it's something I kind of put together the last couple of years of the fall off a cliff guy. Right? Yeah, yeah, we've been talking about that. And I mean, Ben has surpassed all the boxes. Yo, and it drives me crazy when I see two things in football. What jet sweeps? Why? Especially when it's the tight ends because the Giants oh, yeah, run that with Evan Ingram often. No, I don't do but that. But even like jet sweeps in general, I'm not a fan of them. Just once a game, I'm cool with. But if you do it more than once, fireable offense. Yeah. It's just a, it's a, it's a very collegey play, right? And it just doesn't. It, I like the fake jet sweeps and stuff like that. I don't mind the fakes. I don't mind the fakes. You know, establish the fakes. I'm in. But multiple jet sweeps, I'm like, yo, I am so checked out. Yeah. There's that, and there's third and twelves. Third and sixteens, fourth and nines. Well, that's the just backward lateral to my running back. Those, maybe because I was scarred because the last like four years of Eli Manning, the entire Giants offense was slant to Odell or check down to Evan Ingram or to Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I mean I don't understand. It's fourth and four. This is like multiple weeks over this the is past back month. to back weeks. He did it. Big Ben did it against. The Bengals on 4th and 10. And then 
against the Packers on like a fourth and five, fourth and six, where Najee Harris caught it behind the line of scrimmage. It's like, dude, what are we doing, yo? Yeah. Everybody, I was texting Danny, or I got Danny, who's a big Steeler fan. He wrote, yo, everybody and their mother knew that he was going to check the ball down there. And you saw when, when Najee Harris caught the ball, three Packers around them. It's like, what are we doing? No splash plays. He can't get the ball down the field. And you can't blame the weapons. Because, yeah, I know uh, Claypool was out yesterday. No, I don't blame the weapons. No, but, but he has weapons. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, that's yes, what I'm saying. Yes. You can't say, oh, he don't got weapons, right? It's No, you, you, got, you got weapons, dude. It's the O-line and the quarterback. And what's frustrating and what's unfortunate is like, what are you going to do? Your offense is kind of built around four-yard you know, curl routes and slants in a way. Deontay Johnson is kind of like a you know, run-after-the-catch guy. Juju is, is, makes, his, makes a living under 10 yards. That's kind of what the, you know, they built the offense around Big Ben's limited arm in a way, right? And so now you're, like, now you're stuck because like, what are you going to do? What do you do? It's not working. And you what, don't really have much you, else. What can you possibly do if you're Pittsburgh? Trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Not the name I had in mind, but... <laughs> what did you have in mind? I was thinking like Drew Locke. Cam, sign Cam, but does Cam... Cam would the, be amazing. Does Cam learn the playbook in time? It don't matter. It's Anything's better than this. Yeah, it's... It's bad. It's bad, man. And it's a shame, too, because I feel for Najee Harris. Look, there's... One of the big polarizing talking points on social media is always, do you draft a running back in the first round? Do you pay a running back? I'm not in the camp of either, right? However, it is not a Najee Harris problem. At all. Dude is a beast. It's hard when you get hit in the, in the backfield every single time you touch the ball. Yeah. And when the entire deep – yo, you know against, <laughs> against the Bengals he had 19 targets? Yeah, I remember that. And you know what's funny? Nick's making me laugh, and I feel bad to laugh. I kind of feel bad for Najee Harris. Yeah. Alabama, he is running through, you know, no, first no, round picks. No, no, Noah was parting the seas. Yeah. He's, uh, was that Noah? Not Noah. Noah was the ark. Uh, Moses? Moses, yeah. Moses was parting the sea. Alabama offensive line. All first round picks on Bama. First round quarterback. First round wide receiver. It's like, yo, dude, never face them. It's like, what's this? Yeah, now he goes to Pittsburgh. He's like, yo, there's seven people here. What is happening? This is not the NFL that I thought I was signing up for. Yo, that's a I good point. I bet you if Najee Harris could have gone back to school, he would have. <laughs> yeah. It's so sad to say, man. Man, dude is getting beat up. Getting and the worst up. part about Ben, too, is just like what, you, what, what, what Ben made his money on was like, you know, Ben was mobile. He was, for his size. Pocket awareness and mobility, he was A1. Like, he was known for. <laughs> it's the complete opposite. He's in the pocket. You know, shimmy guys Shaking off. guys off, rolling out. Yeah, yeah. Now it's just... Now it's just, like just a, collapsing on his own. It's just a... It's a it's dump like a big sign. Sack me. Yo. I can't do anything. It's sad. It's very sad. And they don't have a good Yeah, because backup. also, like, yo, Duke can get hurt, too. Yeah. And, and what's your backup plan? Is it Haskins? It's Haskins. It's... Is Duck Hodges still there? I know Haskins. I think it's uh, Mason, Mason Rudolph. Rudolph. The helmet. It's tough. I, I feel The bad. helmet. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? He got yeah, scary. Yeah. yeah, man. The Steelers, it's uh I had the same one. That's why we spent a little bit of time on this one. But it's it's not a good time if you're in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean look, Mike Tomlin, we say we've said this I think Mike Tomlin being there is like 
one of the reasons why we kind of almost assumed like the worst that they've gone is eight and eight. Yeah. Like, like everything can like everything is pointing at them being terrible, and somehow they pull out eight and eight. Well, also what happened was week one. Yeah. They went well, into Buffalo. Preseason, you mean? Right, but yeah. they went into Buffalo. I was on that because of public perception. Steelers are going to be asked. Bills are going to the Super Bowl. Line was inflated. Loved the spot that the Steelers were in. Then you lose to the Raiders the way you did, who played on Monday night in overtime, coming East Coast. Lose to the Bengals, a team you've been stepping on for the last two decades. And then you lose the way you did yesterday, too. Just not competitive, bro. Yeah. My dad texts me. He's like, yo, the Packers were minus six. What are we doing? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Like, there's there's some games that are just layups. And, like, what are we doing? Oh, what? It's yeah. right there sometimes, right? The problem with the Steelers is also, like, they're not making improvements on the, like, on the mistakes. You know what I mean? It's It's not like they're identifying an issue and they're like okay we can improve here it's almost as if they're just repeating the same mistake like like the fourth down check down to me is just like okay you made the same you made the mistake once right don't do it again don't do it you literally did the same exact thing yeah to me that's very alarming in a way it's like i like i say that about life in a way i really kind of this is like a life comparison it's like i i actually tell people all the time i actually learn from my mistakes like experience is the best teacher in my opinion like the way to learn is to make a mistake fuck up don't do it again there's nothing wrong with that right but when you continually make the same mistake over and over again that's like a red flag so that's kind of like the way i think about the steelers at the at the moment it's like they're making the same mistakes over and over again and by the way if they didn't fucking beat the bills you know and i i call it preseason week four they're on four they're on four yeah once is an accident Twice is a trend, three times is a problem. So hopefully they have some new fourth down plays next week. We both had the Steelers. I got another bad one. Give me. Miami. Oh, I mean, unfortunately, that's mine as well. Yours also? <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, what angle do you want to approach it from? Because they have no franchise quarterback. There's I, no franchise quarterback on their roster. I hate to say it. I wasn't the biggest two guy, but... I mean, and you said it after week one. You're like, yo, I think I've seen enough that he's not the guy. After four games, the Dolphins are being outscored 109 to 62. They convert 36 of their third downs. Opponents are converting 54% of their third downs. 3.6 yards per rush. Opponents are averaging 4.3. Miami's a bad football team. Yeah. A lot of picks. You know, what have they done with them? Well... Man, when you don't hit on your quarterback, it's just when you I should say when you hit on your quarterback, those picks don't matter as much. Yes. You're like, ah, you know what? Yeah, we might have whiffed on this wide receiver. And I'm not saying we whiffed. If I'm talking from a Miami standpoint, right? I'm not saying we whiffed on Waddle. But if we did whiff on Waddle, if we did whiff on a running back, as long as we got the answer at quarterback, Tua is not the answer. It's very concerning that he's injury prone it's very concerning that the more time passes and the more you see how bad that quarterback room is the more you believe those rumors about Deshaun Watson yeah they were willing to trade the farm for a dude who's not going to play this year and has bigger issues to worry about 
than playing football right now, right? With all the allegations surfacing around him. That should tell you everything you need to know about how they feel about Tua yeah. in that quarterback room. Yeah. And look, and like and like it's and like I don't even want to like shit on Jacoby Brissett. Like it's not his fault. It's like No, nah, but Jacoby Brissett is very similar to Ryan Fitzpatrick where they know their roles. They know that you're not going to be a franchise guy. You're going to be here in the event that someone gets hurt. I think Mar- Marcus Mariota is the same boat where you're going to have a long career in this league if you accept the fact that you're going to be a backup. You know Chase Daniels made over $50 million guaranteed in his career? I did not know that. That's a lot of money. And he's I think the stat was like he's participated in like half of the games. Like for every million dollars, like for every half million dollars, he's only played like 25 games or some shit. It's like, yo, you can have a great career being a backup. And all the backups end up becoming TV analysts anyway, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. They start like their own quarterback. Yo, Jordan Palmer apparently has like one of the top quarterback games in the country. Uh, Jordan Palmer is going to be – oh, no. Jesse Jesse Palmer? Jesse Palmer is going to be on The Bachelor. Bachelor. He's going to be the new host of The Bachelor. Fire. The the, the, the Dolphins' offensive line is just – it's a turnstile at the moment. And they really have no synergy on calling plays as well either. Like, it's just very messy there. And again – I feel bad for their defense because their defense is not able Terrible. Well, it's looking even worse because it's short fields, time of possession Possession. out there more. So, yo, if your defense is great, it's not going to be great if they're playing for 38 minutes. It's just too much. It's too taxing on them. (sighs) It's tough because I hate to say I wish, like, Tua was playing so at least you'd be able to, like, evaluate Tua with the Dolphins. You know what I mean? That's fair. But it's the offensive line. You can't run the ball. There's no flow in the offense. It's just very. It's 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 very. It's it's tough down there right now. And you know Brian Flores, who a lot of people were kind of praising coming into the year, and you know he did solid last year. This year is uh, turning into a disaster. And the only thing I'll say is this: they won a very close game week one. That's another team that could be one zero and four with like. One, I mean, a, a ball bounces one way. I think it was like an Xavier Howard strip week one. It's a, you know, Patriots are you know, two and two. Dolphins, right. Dolphins are 0 and 4. And, you know, they're looking at quarterback highlights as well. Yeah, they just, you know, getting blown out by the Bills. The Colts aren't a great team. The either. Colts just dominating them as well. Yeah, man, I would be concerned. I would be concerned. We're talking a lot about teams' records and whatnot. A bad for me, man, is the Giants. Because I like to be very honest with them, and I feel like I'm very honest with them. That was such a big win that they had yesterday against the Saints, and that's one of the biggest wins that they've had in recent memory. And, dude, the moment Saquon scored the touchdown, you know what my reaction was watching it? I'm like, fuck, yo. Fuck, man. Why is this the first win of the year? Why couldn't this be for 3-1? and one? Yeah. Like, come on, yo. You have... They have a very talented roster on paper. They could, I think. Have, they could have beat Washington for sure. They should have beat Washington. You have the 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 misfield. You have the you have the field goal that's missed, and then there's the penalty. You have the Slayton drop. You have the Daniel Jones phantom holding call that takes away a touchdown. You dominated Washington in Washington, right? Against Atlanta, you just completely no show, and the play calling was weird, and then. You finally saw why Tony was a first-round pick yesterday. Yo, 
with the ball in his hands, he's dangerous. Bro. He's dangerous. He kind of looks like Tyreek Hill. Sims loved him coming out. Sims loved him. So, he looked like a first-round pick. You finally showcase Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Which would be nice if you spent $17 million on him. What about this? Generational running back. We showcase him also. Dude, Saquon in the fourth quarter in overtime. Congo. Domination. But I just I need to stop you for a second. You haven't even said Daniel Jones's name, who by the way That was gonna be my 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 the, grand slam right okay, there. Okay, okay. Daniel Jones threw his first interception yesterday, which what was the knock on Daniel Jones? Turnovers. Fumbles, turnovers, picks. Right. And the pick, you know when the pick was? To end the half, Hail Mary attempt. Which, which to me which is doesn't count. Congrats. I'm not counting that. No, I forgot who said this. But don't you think they should actually have like okay in baseball? The, I, I think I may be stealing someone's take. I don't care. Um, or, or sorry, sorry, the comparison. I've said this all along. They should have like intersection interceptions and actual interceptions. Like like you know how baseball has earned run average like for pitchers. Like a pitcher can give up five runs, but their earned runs are two. Why don't quarterbacks have like? They're actual interceptions, and then like interceptions because it was the end of a half or a, a wide receiver dropped the ball. Well, I think I think my favorite PFF stat is that when it comes to grading quarterbacks, because they account for end of half, hail mary that gets picked off, or wide receiver wide open drops it, wide receiver wide open deflects off his shoulder pad. Evan Ingram, I think, has a, like been for. Easily 20 interceptions in Eli and, and Daniel Jones' career. But, yo, Daniel Jones, over 400 yards passing, career high. They needed every single one of those yards. They're down 11 in the fourth quarter, bro. In the Superdome, which... But emotional game. Yeah, it's the hurricane. first home game. Yeah, it's the yeah. first home game. And you battle back. You win a game like that, which you haven't won in so long. Gano hits that field goal to send it overtime. And then Saquon completely takes over. And I'm just over there. I'm like... Fuck, man. You sh- you should be 3 and 1 right now with Dallas. And now that's who plays this week. Yeah. Don't you And f- now you're looking at I hate to cut you off, but now no, you're no, looking no. at the way Dallas is playing. You're going on the road, you're an 8-point underdog. You're probably going to get the doors blown off you. I don't know. I like Giants and the points. I like Giants and the points. Too. Let's get it. <laughs> I do. Daniel Jones, 11 and 4 against the spread on the road. Daniel Jones threw 400 yards yesterday. So I'm saying, and, and needed, that's a good defense. And and he needed every bit of those yards. It wasn't, yeah. you know, he threw for 400 yards because they were down it was 30, a, or, and, or it was a, like they wanted to blow the team out. Yeah, 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 bro. Like they needed game. every single one of those yards. And yo, Saquon Barkley, man, look, that dude. That's the best game he's played in his NFL career. Yeah, and just that's that's what you got to do. You have a running back like that that can be a game breaker. Yo, the pass on the sideline. Yo, when he threw that, I'm like, oh, my God, who's open? Like, I was like, Saquon, what the hell? Do you think, because this is something that I'm seeing on Giants Twitter, or just NFL Twitter, is like, do you think, and granted, I know he was injured, and so it's hard to do this, but, like, they used the second overall pick in the draft on a running back. Don't you think the offense should kind of, like, absolutely, positively, without a doubt, on question, just operate through him all the time? Yeah. In a McCaffrey, Derrick Henry situation? Yes. Do you think that they've done that throughout his career? No. Okay, cool. But I, but I also think that he hasn't had this kind of offense. Yo, the Giants have a lot. Yo, Sterling Shepard and Slayton didn't play this weekend. That's yeah. your number one wide receiver from a targets and catch standpoint and your home run threat. Saquon Barkley, if Daniel Jones plays the way he's playing, he should never face 
a eight or nine man box. Like you just, it just it should never happen. And it's the play calling. And I'll continue to say this, that no one has benefited more than Daniel Jones this season for the Giants organization, because it's not a Daniel Jones problem. He still don't do it for me. And I'm not going to overreact to that one game, but through four games, he's played very well. Mm -hmm. And if this was how much we blamed him, it's more like it's shrunk. It's Dave Gettleman. It's the offensive line still being an issue. Bro, if you have five, six straight years of bad offensive line play, at what point are we going to do something about and that? And that's also supposed to be his bread and butter. Yeah. That was supposed to be his thing, right? He re He's really good with like offensive and defensive linemen. That was supposed to be his thing. Yeah. So it's, it's Dave Gettleman. It's Jason Garrett. I don't think it's fair to throw anything on Joe Judge. Maybe the way he handles like questions and whatnot is weird, but the team likes him. They like playing for him. I think it's it's sort of the hand that he was dealt. Sometimes you got to play those cards. The Giants could be. You said three and one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want, it's funny that you said that because I th I was thinking about making one, and I figured you would cover this because that's your team. But like, Daniel Jones is playing so well, yet you're one and three. To me, that's bad. Yeah, that's like, why it was so frustrating. Yeah, it's bro. like to me, it's like it's bad because of how good he's playing, and you're one and three. Yes, that's yeah. the thing that was so frustrating. Uh, I'm telling you, Imp, I'm on the couch out there, and Saquon scores a touchdown, and my first reaction was, "Fuck, dude, this team shouldn't. This isn't a one and three team." But you are what your record is. That's what Parcells always used to say. Need some help on the offensive line. All right, give us one more. One more bad. We've shared a couple this fo thus far. Yeah. You know, I was thinking Saints. I didn't want to go there yet. I Let's just go with the Zebras. The refs. <laughs> <laughs> it's been kind of wacky, bro. It's your, I mean, we're going to come back to it. It's the Mara's family's fault. Yeah. I mean, it's not just the, the taunting because I feel like the taunting was kind of limited this week. The last two weeks. Right. There was, was it week one or two where it was OD? Terrible. It was very noticeable and everything. Like, even just doing this motion, like first down or, or the Antonio Brown where you just, well, was a flag. It's, dude, you're suppressing their fun and their energy. Yeah. It's been bad. Replacement refs out there? What do you think? I mean, my favorite movie is The Replacement. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. They got to, the problem is, like, again, it's a very physical sport. It's a contact sport. How do you not expect these guys to like showcase their emotion? It's just very strange to me that you know that this is a thing, and 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 it's it's mind blowing in a way. Yo, think about this, bro. There's sixty to seventy plays on offense runs a game. If you get one sack a, a game, you're considered an all pro, right? So out of those 60, 70 snaps, if one time I'm a defensive end and I get a sack, one out of the 60 snaps, I get a sack. Let's, let's, let's make it even, let's cut it even shorter. Let's say 30 pass attempts. There's 30 pass attempts for an offense. If one time I sack the quarterback and I get paid off sacks, I get paid off QB hits, I'm remembered for those, right? Michael Straham, all-time record. You don't think I'm going to bug out on like a third and 13, I get a sack to ice the game? 
I'm not gonna. Yo, it's mad hard for me to do this. I, the one thing that I'll say is I think the players are doing a better job, and I think the refs are doing. Sorry, I think the players are understanding that you can celebrate. You can't celebrate in the opposing player's face. Fair, and that, I agree. And 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 look, whether whether I agree with that or not is a different conversation. But I think that's kind of like what's been happening over the last two weeks. It's like, okay, celebrate I can, with your teammates or by yourself. Don't like you know step over another player. Which, by the way, I don't think there's anything wrong with. But that's kind of where things are trending. It's like, okay, I can show my emotion. I just can't, you know, shit on the other player, my opponent, in doing so. Yo, that's a strong ass take because how many times on primetime football does a defense get a pick and the yeah. entire defense runs to the camera? That's not taunting because they're going, they're uh, they're leaving the field, they're getting away from all the. Yeah, they're showboating and it's kind of taunting, but it's not like. You know, Juju hits a defensive back on the Bengals and he stands over him. Yeah. Or AB gets popped and Burfecht is over him. Like, yeah, motherfucker, what's up? You know? So, I feel you that's on that. The, that's the change. And, like, I think AB caught a first down yesterday and he did the... He did the, the draw thing, yeah. But, again, there was no one around him. So, it's different, you know? It's like, it's different if you drop the ball on someone's head or something like that. So, you've noticed that they get penalized if... I catch a pass and the corner is down and I get up on top of it, him. Yeah, it's almost as if you're being like disrespect. Again, I don't agree with it, right. but I'm just saying it's well, almost as if like they're taking into consideration if you're disrespecting the other player. Hmm. If you're just celebrating your individual play without disrespecting someone, it's all good. And again, whether I agree with it or not, at least I can say there's some, you know, there's, it's 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 consistent consistent yes at least like pick pick your thing and you know stick to it and i think that's what's going on so take that how you want it and i think that's more accepting to the fans also if you just know exactly what is cool and what isn't cool and the players are going to abide by that too right like if if impy could go first down and you don't get penalized, but then I'm like first down, and I get penalized. Like, yo, what the hell, man? Like, what's up? Why can't yeah. you do it, and why can't I? Did I do the first down and then look at you and like grill you, or did I do the first down right in your face? You know, which is good because the NFL has been known for not having a precedent on any issue that they have. Yeah, whether it's weed, whether it's suspensions, it's domestic violence, it's gambling. Now, have you noticed? Have you noticed red zone? Have you noticed red zone at halftime of games? What they flash? The over-unders? The over-unders. I mean, look, bro. I mean, there's NFL two, Network there's now two has, pe- There's two people in spreads. this room. There's two people in this room. Try to I, tell you. And I tell you, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not surprised. I don't think you're surprised. Try to tell you. There's two people in this room. Both of them are not surprised. So this is the wrong room to bring that question up. That's a <laughs> so, <laughs> salute to that, my man. Uh, I want to just rattle off with the rest of my notes. Yeah, good. Quick, quick. And you just let me know what you think, quick. Oh, and I have a question for you as well. All right, cool. So I want to see if you bring it up and I bring it up. So this is quick hitting what's left of my notes. Maybe mm. we could do like a weekly segment. Yeah. The things we didn't touch on. Okay. Tyler Taylor Heineke, fun to watch. He may not be the biggest, but he's tough. And he makes some big throws. He invited his, I believe it was his sister and his brother-in-law, or his brother and his sister-in-law, I'm sorry, to the game in Atlanta. 
And when he was in the XFL, he would sleep on their couch. So they got to see him play, and he was nice. super emotional. I saw Josh, our guy Josh, he's a Washington fan, post that. He And you know what's funny? He kind of reminds me of Fitzpatrick, of like a younger, um, not as strong of an arm, but the way that like he gets like crushed, he gets hit, he gets right back up. He his body he puts his body on the line. Players love him. Players love him. He reminds me of like a younger version of Fitzpatrick in a way. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Which is funny. <laughs> uh, Broncos offense. Let's not overreact. Um, they're missing their starting guards, their number one wide receiver, and by the way, another wide receiver. Let's not overreact to one loss. I agree. Bills first team to record two shutouts in their first four games of the season since the two thousand Ravens. It's only week four, and they've done that already. To be fair. No, I know. Houston and Miami. That's what we called this what's left of Miami. Okay, notes. okay. <laughs> um, Mac outplayed Brady last night. I, 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 I don't think it's I don't think that's hard to I don't I don't I don't think it's 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 difficult to comprehend. I think he went toe to toe with him in the rain, you know, and, and I think he played very, very well. He completed what, nineteen straight passes last night? He yeah. broke a record. I mean, considering they couldn't do anything on the ground last night, very impressed with what Mac Jones did yesterday. You know, I just can't say it enough. Cover Dallas. Um, Dallas probably has the defensive player of the year, the comeback player of the year, maybe the MVP, and the defensive rookie of the year all on the same team. I think you can almost put Dak Prescott on comeback player of the year. Yeah. Now the question is, can he make a run at MVP? His touchdowns are up there. His team is good. He's America's team, too. I remember you were talking about how they would want to give it to Cowboy players. You're right. It's like the Knicks. I say the same thing about the Knicks. Like, Tibbs won Coach of the Year. Randall won uh, Most Improved. I think they deserve those awards, but do you don't think being in the biggest market in the world makes it a little bit easier to give them those awards? Well, yeah, you have more eyes on you, too. Yeah. Russell Wilson, fastest quarterback. Fastest and youngest quarterback to 100 wins. What about this? 16-4 and four now against the Niners in his career. A good franchise. Daddy. Because just good. Could have done it a couple of weeks ago, by the way. They've right. lost two in a row. Right. Or two in a row. Yeah. yeah. Um, avoids the first three-game losing streak of his career. Mahomes as well. Russell, West, Russell Westbrook. Russell Wilson reminds me of an ace pitcher. You know, you know, pay, you pay an ace big money because they, they, they end those losing streaks. Russell Wilson reminds me of like an ace starting pitcher. Yo, I remember listening to Michael K one time coming home, and this resonated with me so much, how he called Jacob DeGrom a streak stopper. Yeah. So if you're on a four-game skid and Don't you need worry to turn about around, it. Go, oh, DeGrom's coming up. We're good. Russell Wilson. Or a streak starter, too. Yeah. Like DeGrom comes out and just like no hitter or, you know, nine shutout, 14 Ks. It's one of those things, man. You know yeah. he, you know he's up. You, you feel good about it. And, Love that. And so, yeah, reminds me of that ace on the baseball staff. A couple more r- r- coming home. Yeah. Andy Reid, first coach in NFL history to record 100 wins with two franchises. Yo, he already has 100 wins with the Chiefs. <laughs> and, fittingly enough, it came against the Eagles. Who, by the way, when you think about what happened in Philly, come on. I mean, I know they have a Super Bowl, but like... Yo, I'm blown away by that. Yeah. Yo, can you look up quick? Because you have your like, When did he go to Kansas City? Got you. Got you. Got you. Yo, that's wild. Yeah. 100 yeah. wins already? I mean, Mahomes has like fifty three. <laughs> he he's been. This is his ninth season. Oh my god! 
Damn, so that comes out to like 11 wins a year, roughly. Crazy, right? He had 140 Damn. with the Eagles. <laughs> Dude, that's, yeah. that yeah. blew my mind. Yeah. I had no idea. Mahomes, 53 career starts, 47 wins. That's wild, bro. Yeah. And he's still like, they're 2-2 two and two and he's still, are they 2-2? Two and two? Yeah, they're 2-2. Two two and, two, two, and yeah. he's still number one in the MVP uh, yeah. uh, bets. Um, and lastly, home stretch. Davis Mills, halftime stats in Buffalo. QBR, 0.8. His stat line. <laughs> Yo, hold on. I, hold on, hold on. I remember one time that if a quarterback spiked the ball every single down, it comes out to like a 38.9 QBR. <laughs> 0. 0.8. That's horrible. Zero, yeah, 0. 0.8. Uh, his halftime stat line, 1 for 7. Three yards, two interceptions. Damn, bro. And that's what's left in my notes. Damn. This is a cool segment. I love it. I if have some <laughs> shit prepared like this because yo, the Andy Reid shit, I did not see that anywhere. I didn't I didn't know about that. Yeah. Yo, I feel like he just got there. Am I bugging? The what was his first year? Was it Alex Smith? It was it was Alex Smith and then it went into Mahomes. So Alex Smith got there in twenty thirteen? Because Cap came in in 2012. And then I think in 2013, he went to Kansas City. Or was he on the team for a year and then left to go to KC? No, Alex Smith went to KC and became the starting quarterback. What year was that? I'm pretty sure that Cap came in in 2012. Won the, you know, when, when Alex Smith got the concussion, then Kaepernick came in, went to the Super Bowl. They went to Kaepernick after. I don't remember if Alex Smith was on the team in in 2013. But I can't remember a quarterback in Kansas City with Andy Reid other than Alex, Alex Smith. Smith. No, no, no. I agree that Alex Smith was the quarterback, but I'm not sure if that's when Andy Reid got there. Um, Did they get there at the same time? Maybe. I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? And then, yo, Mahomes has been there now for four seasons, too. And they haven't won less than, like, 12 games during that stretch also. So, man, that's interesting, bro. That's interesting. So. This was uh, this was good. I like that that playing segment there at the end. It reminds me of, uh, I saw a great documentary on PTI, Pardon the Interruption. It reminds me of the, the end of PTI mm. where they just, like, rattle off. Did you watch Squid Game yet? No. Bro, poppin'. Yeah. Maggot. Yeah, everyone. The internet's talking about it. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of shows that haven't been done before. Okay. And it's very different. It's a very unique show. Cool. Instantly hooked within one episode. Cool. And I'm a fan of shows that I haven't seen before. Watch the PTI 30 for 30. It's great. Did it's, you watch the Mets 30 for 30 yet? Not yet. Again, what the hell, man? You're from Queens? I know, I know, I know. I'm, I know. I gotta, I gotta, well, the cool thing about it is I can sit down and watch the whole thing straight, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, um, I had to wait two weeks to finish it because they dropped two episodes, then they went to two episodes the week after. Let's go. I'm Lastly, hot. our guy Jared, three in a row now in the UFC. Shouts to him. Big win. And and I forgot I was talking to boss about this. The the guy he, that he had lost to, I don't know, I don't know how Oliveira. Who who by the way is was a like champ. a champion now. He's a champ now at 155, yeah. So and he took that fight on relatively short notice, like maybe 2-3 weeks. And he fought him in Brazil. 
So that that loss has aged greatly. I know Jared don't want to hear that, but that's not a bad loss to have. So he's won five of his last six. And he called out that dude, Patty Pimblett, who is this huge, huge prospect. He came out of cage fighting, which is the promotion overseas that Connor came from. And he's like there, but he has a dope, dope walkout. He's, like, he's from Ireland? Yeah, yeah, he's Ireland, UK. I'm pretty sure it's Ireland, but he has the OD Palms to the DJ theme. And it goes into like a little rap and then back to Palms to the DJ. Damn. So you'd be hype. If you were if you were a fighter, you'd probably have his walkout. Jared, man, is just a he's a he's a his stamina, right? That's his thing. It's it's that and it's also he's when he gets top pressure, which means when he's on top of you, I experienced it, bro. I rolled with him, right? Just jujitsu, no striking. And there's guys, so I'm 200 pounds. Jared was probably like 175, 180 around there. This was back in July. And there's guys at my gym that weigh 280, 320, 300. And they'll lay on top of me. Jared felt heavier than them. And he was like, top game, son, top game. I'm like, dude, that was wild when we rolled together. You know, and like Jared, let me get some offense in. And, you know, I, I went to go dart some. He's like, bro, I see all your videos. You're not going to hit me with that. And then ultimately he ended up tapping me out, which he should have too. But it was fun. It was fun to, to, to As feel a professional. That. Yeah, it's fun to feel that and experience that. And one thing that I really like about jujitsu, though, is it simulates a real life situation. Whereas if you and I go to the gym and we shadow box or like hit pads, like, yeah, everyone looks awesome hitting on pads because I'll just be like, all right, one, two, one, two. And you'll throw your, your punches, one, two. Guess what? In a real fight, punches are coming back at you, right? So you can, you can take kickboxing classes. You can do those cardio kickboxing classes. That doesn't simulate a real-life situation. Whereas in jiu-jitsu, you can't half-ass jiu-jitsu. If me and you start rolling here on the ground, it'll, it'll be the exact same thing if you were to, God forbid, get into a fight with someone at the bar and you just happen to go to the ground. Yeah, It's 100% both in practice and in a real-life situation. Whereas if you're sparring or fake sparring, hitting pads... It's not a real kind of situation. Yeah. And also, like, I'd rather be very good at, like, the ground game stuff in, like, a real fight. Because, like, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people know how to swing. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. And they may not even have professional training. But you know what? I guarantee you, those guys that know how to throw punches do not know how to, like, grapple on the ground and do all that shit. A lot of people don't know how to throw a punch. Like, like, oh, like a proper punch. Uh, pri- yeah. And, yeah, anybody can get lucky and just, like, wild swing and yeah, all that. Yeah. But, dude, if you ever – anyone listen to this, you ever get into a fight, just cover up for 10 seconds. That person's going to gas out because the people that know how to fight, they never get into fights. You never see <laughs> well, the kid in the the, 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 the college kids in the, in the bathroom. Right. You saw that? Yeah, but they got they got pressed. And no, no, they exactly. On them. They, they, were they, like, didn't they didn't want to fight. You're yeah. right. You're right. You know what I mean? So it's it's always the people that don't want to fight that you should be worried about. Because I've heard stories from USC guys be like, yo, man, you sure you want to do this? And then they'll zoom in on, like, their nose is all fucked up. Their ears got the cauliflower ears. It's different, man. It's different. I'm yeah. not I'm not preaching fighting. But you got to understand that with jiu-jitsu, it simulates a real-life situation where yeah. it goes to the ground. I love that. It's dope. Imp, you're the man. Where can they find you? I-M-P-Y-718 on Twitter and Instagram. What about you? At Nick Day is 10 on all social media. 
at Veterans Minimum is where you can find everything for the show. And I need to make an announcement. Can you do me a favor? Can you go to the VM Twitter real quick? Yeah. Go, I'm on it right here. Go to it. I got to pull up a tweet. Got to announce a winner. Uh, actually, you announce a winner. I, I, I mean, I, I, it's tough. It got, I mean, it's got to be your Giants. Someone pick the Giants? Seven and a half. Let's go. What's his name? Stefan Ortiz. Shouts to Stefan. Congrats. DM us. Slide into the DMs. You won the week four. You gave us your lock. Seven and a half is a lot of points. It was. I gave that out on Patreon, too. Yeah. And he gave that pick before you heard the Patreon because I put the Patreon up after. It was four days ago he sent that in. Shouts. Shouts. Can I I'll give an honorable mention to Maldo? Yeah. What do you have? Cincy Jacks under 46. Ooh. I like it. Short week. Honorable mention. But okay. to your point. If, if but to your point, Maldo, yeah. try again next time. That's my you know, guy, though. <laughs> uh, there's some... I, Yo, some educated, I mean, not just, you know, I like, you know, shout out to Alex Harden, Bengals minus 10 alternate spread. They didn't cover minus 10, which is shouts to you for an if, alternate if, if, spread. If you, dive, if you dive into alternate spreads, you're a piece of shit yeah. just like us. You're a D-Gen. I sure. like that. Hey, we'll catch you guys later this week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.